Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. that we did last month <laughs> oh it's actually like been a, a bit of month since... or about a month i remember like when we were recording i'd set up the mics and i was just like hot mic hot mic like just be careful of what like you say obviously that stuff was edited out so you guys didn't hear that but it was, <laughs> it was good times i guess it's fall we're in the middle we're in october. of october yeah so it's getting there we had one of the hottest summers and who knows what this winter's gonna Even look september, like september like september was like two hours long like yeah. in terms of it's just, just weird i yeah. mean i w- walked out of my apartment this morning and there was like rain it had like rained this morning like like there was fog? a lot of water on the ground oh interesting oh, that's weird we're not used to rain in southern california oh my gosh for people that are probably listening other places they're like shut up i know i can't because when i say it. that there was water well on you're the really going you're going to arizona this weekend so i am it should be actually nice weather it should, it'll be colder than it is here because it is the desert so it'll be a little bit cooler but it should be good i'm going for the broncos cardinals game so we're going out there doing a whole family visit to Cardinal Stadium out in Arizona because we're all Broncos fans and they're in Arizona. I'm going to go see my dad and stepmom and I'm really excited because the stadium's actually really nice in Arizona. So there's just like a lot good. of space in Arizona too. Weren't you yeah. saying something about like the Super Bowl is going to go back? Oh yeah because a couple years ago we actually went yeah. to Arizona during Super Bowl time and yeah. we just like went to like. Well the... we were doing an event for our nonprofit. Well, we did an event and then it happened to be the be Super real. Bowl weekend that was there and so we went into Scottsdale and like all the madness didn't yeah, go to the cool. game because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were like 2500 bucks a piece or something it was crazy. no but it was because i just heard that i think in a couple of years it's going back to arizona mm. because certain cities it's just too hard because so many people yeah. go to the city where the super bowl is right. that many big cities can't accommodate because of hotels mm. and even just like traffic so it's gonna so when the new stadium in la comes out mm. it's gonna be there so i i think I want to say either in two years or four years it's in L.A. That's going to be interesting. I know, like, Vegas is doing a stadium too, right? So, like... Yes. But theirs hasn't even... I don't even think they've broken ground on that. I think they have. Like, I think it's set to be done in a year or two. Like, Hmm. and the only reason is because when I went in May, I was talking... Oh, no, no, in August. I'd gone in May to visit my aunt, and then in August, I think, I'd gone, oh, yeah, for the bachelorette party, and, oh, like, the yeah. Uber driver was, like, talking about it, oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool, yeah. like, and they were saying how they were getting excited for it, but, I mean, yeah, that's football. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll be nice, the new stadium will be here in L.A., so, you know, it'll be a nice new stadium, and then the Olympics will be here a couple years after that. Oh, yeah, that's that. true. So, oh, Super yeah, Bowl, and then the Olympics. On. I'm really excited for that, I mean, yeah. I can't wait till they like release tickets. Yeah, it, it's up. like going to be widespread too. It's not like yeah, LA, 
proper. It's like yeah, outside so like of LA. Some of the stuff will be like Long Beach area, some of the right. like water stuff, and then I'm sure they'll use like UCLA and USC mm-hmm. and the Rose Bowl and stuff like yeah. that for some of the events. Um, it won't just be like downtown LA because that yeah. would be madness. Yeah, it'd be awful That's transportation. Insane. Yeah, that but yeah, we'll get back into why we have this podcast, <laughs> which talks about inclusivity hey, some care about no football, i know okay, i know Vicky. i'm just i'm just trying to do not so awkward of a transition back into what our our episode will be today so we're gonna it's gonna be part one of a part two series because recently at the end of september a decision by the office of administrative hearings had come out um, regarding the use of cbd oil on a school campus Mm -hmm. for a child. So that's going to be the part two. I wanted to kind of take a step back and have Amanda and I discuss in general, you know, yes, that free appropriate public education, but what is a related service? Yeah. What is going to make it so that the child can access. And it's nice because today's episode actually has been brought to us by uh, Fusion Academy. And for us, Fusion Academy has been that type of private setting, not a public setting, but a private setting where a lot of kiddos with different types of learning differences, whether they be twice exceptional, you know, even with ADHD or, or anxiety and depression, which we see a lot, Fusion has been able to kind of personalize that educational experience for them. And sometimes it's a lack of related services that the child has in a public school setting that forces... Right, and so what we're going to talk about today is the related services that relate to the medical Medical. needs. Mm -hmm. So we talk a lot about learning challenges that stem from specific learning disabilities, processing issues, diagnoses like autism, Down syndrome, all of that, that are affecting the cognitive um, or academic abilities of the student. But oftentimes, we have many children who have needs that are related to a medical necessity. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, the kids that are dealing with severe allergies to the kids who need medication at school. Um, Maybe they have a seizure disorder that requires certain protocol to be put in place. So when we talk about related services relating to a medical need, it's more along the lines of giving them access to physically being in school. And we're not talking about a child is in a wheelchair. I mean, that's part of it, right? Needing a ramp to be able to access their classroom. But if a child has a medical need that requires them to receive some kind of medical treatment in order to physically be at school, and that treatment can't happen before school because maybe it has to happen throughout the day, the most common thing we would think about is a kid who has asthma who needs an inhaler, mm-hmm. right? They go to their PE class, they're probably going to need to use their inhaler. Afterwards, they're going to carry that around with them. That's a medical need. If they did not have that or if they could not use that inhaler, they would not be able to physically go to PE, right? right? right. So some of these kids who need medication throughout the day mm-hmm. require that at school because without that, they wouldn't be able to physically be. So we have a lot of school districts that come in and say, well, that's medical. We don't mm-hmm. have to touch medical. We're not doctors. Yada, 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 right? right? But if the child does not receive these services mm-hmm. at school, they cannot be at school because, for the most part, it is necessary. It's a medical necessity. Well, we see, you know, the symptoms 
of a child with dyslexia becoming frustrated, leading to anxiety and depression, and the school wanting to provide the related service of counseling. The frustration, anxiety, depression is a symptom of the root cause, which is this child is in the eighth grade and cannot read. And what we, you know, really like about Fusion, just to wrap up our little sponsorship by them, is that they're able to have that that one-to-one teaching and unlocks the potential of that child. It gets to the root cause of the problem so that the anxiety, depression, we oftentimes, that symptom kind of goes away. And if you want more information about the Fusion Academy campuses, there's one in Huntington Beach and one in Mission Viejo. And if you just go to fusionacademy.com, you can see if you're not in California or if you're in a different part, there's a ton in LA as well. We've met with people from Fusion that are up north. So, so take a look at that and what is a related service. So I'm sure a lot of, I just said counseling, right? We're going to focus on more the medical component, but free appropriate public education has within its definition to include related services. Related services are anything from transportation, anything that's a corrective, developmental, uh, supportive service. And this is just all straight from the definition section of 20 USC section 1401-26. That's where we get these definitions that we're talking about. And supportive services, Amanda and I can rattle them off, speech and language. Occupational, uh, occupational therapy, 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 audiological services, interpreting services. That's where we see the sign language, right. physical therapy, you know, all this stuff. Something that we, you know what I just thought of? You know how recreation and like the transitional services, we'll have to have a, a pod. I know we've touched base on those. Oh, but like, like recreational therapy is awesome. Most right? students don't recognize it yeah. as being, But um, look at this definition right, right here. It says it right well, here. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, when we talk about, so for anyone who doesn't know, recreational therapy is similar to like a play therapy. Have you ever heard like younger kiddos who need pragmatics or um, speech therapy relating to their pragmatic language or their social skills? Sometimes, if they're not verbal, having traditional speech therapy or like counseling is not going to do anything, right? Because they're not talking. So we need another way for them to communicate. And so we found that kids can communicate through play. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we need that. And we have giving away that- a podcast episode that I have just created that we will go hey, into. We can go into this like <laughs> knee deep on like what it but, actually is. But what's interesting is within the related services definition that that includes that therapeutic recreation it says it in there social work services school nurse services and all of this together just needs to be designed to enable a child with a disability to receive a free and appropriate public education as required to assist a child with a disability to benefit from special education and this includes early identification and assessment of those disabling conditions in kids. So like when you take the law, and that's why Amanda and I say all the time, the law is good, and this is the federal law. I'm not talking state specific, but obviously your state can look up that as well so you can kind of see you know guidelines and things set out. But for Amanda and I, the law is good. Right. And the case law really kind of changes things here in the Office of Administrative Hearings, right. which I referenced for the CBD. And then in, in the Ninth Circuit, which we're Ninth in, Circuit. and then mm-hmm. even in the Supreme Court. So when we look at the history of SPAD, when we're talking about related services, there has been kind of a trajectory of what does it mean to have a related service relating to the medical needs. So, right. And a lot of that has been flushed up through the courts, like Vicki mm-hmm. said, because the IDEA 
shouldn't and can't be so specific. It's individualized. It's individualized. And there's a lot of medical needs that just can't always be anticipated, right? Because Mm -hmm. the way our schooling is also changes and along the years, like what would possibly be required at school, you know, may change. So, you know, some of the first cases relating to Mm -hmm. the, the needs of medical, we had back in the day, a lot of schools trying to say, well, we can't provide you right. medication. We can't do mm-hmm. this. We can't do that. And so I'm I know sure it was like liability, like or what well, they thought. Well, you yeah. Know? I mean, we, and we still get that when we yeah. talk about like nowadays, vision therapy mm-hmm. and auditory therapy, yes. like CapDots programs or like the vision therapy. Those are things that we see all the time. School districts trying to say this is a medical need mm-hmm. because it's recommended by a doctor, mm-hmm. an ophthalmologist right. or an audiologist, right, is recommending these. However, the case law has been very clear that there are certain things that while they are deemed a medical necessity, they impact the educational abilities and performance and access to the extent that the IDEA does actually encompass these needs. So vision therapy is something that is a medical, right, because we're dealing with a lot of times the eye tracking, the eyes are not either working together or they're not tracking on a page. So that mm-hmm. impacts a child's ability to learn to read. We deal with auditory processing. That's something that's dealing with the processing from your ears to your brain of what you're hearing. And that can impact everything in a child's school day yeah. if they're provided content. So these are ways that these schools are trying to say, well, it's medical, it's medical, it's medical, but it's really impacting the education. So. I think we're going to go over some yeah. of the like landmark cases relating to medical-related services. Yeah. So the year is 1984. <laughs> Ooh, wasn't even <laughs> And we're born. talking about Irving Independent School District versus Tatro, T-A-T-R-O. I'm probably saying it wrong, but whatever. Tatro. 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 Tomato. Tomato. Remember, I couldn't even say DeVos. I thought it was DeVoe. Like, I was trying to be fancy. Anyway bring it all the way up to the Supreme Court. And there was essentially a child that required catheterization, right? So a catheter needed to be used. And they had determined that that was a related service and the school was required to provide it. The Supreme Court. The Supreme Court. And so essentially... Because this was a situation where the school district tried to say, this cannot be done on school grounds because it's Well, so it's interesting because... They did not define it as a medical service. So if the services had been determined to be a medical service by the court, they would not be required under the law at this time. And so essentially what the court had said was like, look, to be able to provide a catheter, you don't need a physician, right? right? The, it's in really that case, simple. Like the parents were able mm-hmm. to do it, therefore Well, like a school nurse, do it. yeah. Yes. And like, I mean, at the very, you know, most. Well, and that's the difference between right. saying that it's, the traditional medical, if a doctor is required to provide it. Right, right. And so that was categorized as a related service because it was a relatively simple procedure to right. provide. Well, that just that mentality, like, oh, it, so this child requires this in order to 
access their education or benefit from their special education. I mean, imagine all the students that probably were told you can't go to school right. because you require this and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to let your parent come. Right. We're not going to have an aide. We're not going to have the school nurse like do it. Like you just like, no, that was 1984. Right. <laughs> right? And so yeah. then obviously like it, it built off of that. In 1999, uh, the Supreme Court issued a decision, similar matter somewhat, uh, it's Cedar Rapids versus Garrett F. And essentially, this child was paralyzed in an accident and became dependent on a ventilator, right? And so you're thinking, okay, ventilator, like that seems really heavily medical-based, and essentially, you know, the, the question, we always did this in law school, the question presented was whether the definition of related services requires a school district to provide a ventilator-dependent student with nursing, nursing services during school hours. So they had framed it in a bit of a different way. So I had already jumped to, like, oh, a nurse could do the catheter, right? But, like, right. that's not what necessarily the, the Supreme Court was saying. They were just like, oh, this is a relatively simple procedure. Right. But here it was like, okay, well, this is a ventilator. We might need somebody a bit more qualified and that's where you know the court had said yeah you must provide these services because without these services the child would not be able to attend school and therefore would not receive faith right this has opened up like just that language yeah. and and that's rough language but that has opened the door for and we've seen this the g2 yeah. you know a child needing to be fed that through a, yeah right. I, I had that well case and, out. and that's the crazy part is that i still to this day get cases where the child needs medication administered mm-hmm. throughout the day mm-hmm. and the school say well we can't do it we can't give it because i had this one case where the child needed their medication in the middle of the day but this school had the nurse only there two days uh, because it was a shared nurse. So the school said, well, we can't, we can't administer this because the nurse has to administer it. Mm-hmm. And because the nurse is only there two days a week, we can't possibly do it. Right. Parent, you need to come to school those other three days. And it's like, no, you need to make sure, especially something like this was a medication that all it was was that you're giving the kid a pill to swallow. Right. And then you're just making sure they take it. Mm. But I also get the other side where the, the child needs certain things in order to be in school. Oh, the feeding. So uh, we have kids who have oral motor problems, mm-hmm. right? And so they haven't quite learned quite yet how to feed themselves, but they're learning, right? And the schools tried to say, well, we're just going to feed them. We're not going to teach them how to feed them right. because right, that right, is a right, medical right, right. need. But where it kind of draws the line is, well, a child needs to be able to eat mm-hmm. at school because a child is there six plus hours a day, right? Mm-hmm. Even if they're only there three hours, they still likely need some kind of food throughout that time. And so if they're unable to feed themselves, they're going to need support. So do you need to provide a feeding goal to help them physically be, learn how to feed or do you need to provide them that support? And so that's where it's that access issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's not going to necessarily impede their learning, but it's going to impede their ability to physically be at school because if we're not able to feed them at school, if we're not able to provide them medication, then they can't be at school at all because they need that. Right, and I mean, we've talked about home hospital um, or a home-based instructional program that, you know, the child may be too medically fragile, but we were having, so. and this last case, Cedar Rapids, was 1999, so 84 to 1999, I mean, we had the, you know, a, that's a pretty big gap, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, what Amanda and I you know, a a good and bad of special education law. It has only been around since the 70s. This is still very much the Wild West. Well, and there's so many unique things. I mean, if we even just 
talk about medical. Clearly, we've said so many different examples relating just to medical needs at school that, you know, uh, one school can face a number of issues and maybe one issue that they see, they're not going to see that same issue for another 20 years. Right. You know, just in 2016, and this is just the California Supreme Court, I remember, you know, at least four or five years ago, their talk about insulin, right? Mm -hmm. Access to insulin for California students. And behind it was the American Diabetes Association. You know, they were fighting in the courts (laughs) to ensure children with diabetes in California public schools had access to it, you know? And I think it was in 2013, there had been two lawsuits, one landmark settlement, and a disappointing like lower court decision. And so then that's how it like came up. But it, it was trying to help figure out, you know, can the court uphold that the California law permits school personnel to be trained to help students by administering insulin to those students who cannot self-do it? Because you think about it, right. what if you're a first grader? Yeah. It's different if you're in high school. Right. I don't even know that I would want to have my first grader right. learn how to do it. And again, it goes back to that. Providing insulin is something that the parent would do, so it's not something that would require a physician. Therefore, it is something that a school it, can it, do. Because it was something where it was just like how you had just alluded to the fact that, you know, school nurse services, you know, they might only be at that school one time a week. And Which this child crazy. is like I don't know crazy. How you yeah. can even get away with and that. And so like. these were like that's why the American Diabetes Association, especially here in California, was like fighting for like we can't have these kids wait for a school nurse. Right. Right. And you know that's you know what this decision you know school employees who aren't nurses like maybe they can like get trained and and have it so that this child so that was even big too that you know um, wasn't at the Supreme Court. I mean we're just you know talking about here in California, but. That was just in 2013, you know, and, and yeah. this article in 2016 is, is what I was making reference to is, is still talking about it. And it was just like, that's so crazy that that it just has taken so long. And and so that's why I really wanted this part one to kind of lay the foundation right. for right. CBD yeah. because you're not thinking, OK, it's outside the realm a little bit of, you know, medical procedures. But I mean, we get this all the time with physical therapy. Right. What if the child has, like, cerebral palsy, like, a couple of our clients, where it's, what do they say, degenerative? Like, it, yeah. it gets worse yeah. as they get older. Where they say, oh, I get this all the time with PT. They've hit a plateau. Yes. And it's like, okay, but the point of PT is to keep the strength up mm-hmm. and keep the muscle mass up so that they can walk. Because the weaker they get, the less mobile they're going to be. So we need to keep their strength up. And the yeah. only way, it's just like when you start working out, mm-hmm. if you get strong, right. you can't just stop and be like, I'm right. strong, I'm going to be strong forever. Right. You have right. to keep going. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to increase it if you want to maintain, you know, all of that. But you have to keep going. Your muscle will go away, degenerate, if you do not. So this yeah. idea that you're going to plateau physically, and it's like, well, no, actually, in order for them to maintain the physical access that they have to either walk or even if they're going to still be in like a walker or something for like a kid to think about this. This is something that a lot of us able body don't think about that often. Your ability to sit in a chair and keep your body up straight while you're in class or at work. That's it's something we don't even think about. But for some of these kids, it takes so much, right? right. Because your core, mm-hmm. most of us, and we talk about, you know, building your core to like get a six pack abs, <laughs> but that's not the only way you need to build up your core. Being able to be in a seated position for a prolonged period of time engages your core. Right. So for these kids who have lower muscle mass, mm-hmm. they need to continuously be building and building and maintaining. Imagine, yeah, being at, and that's why they're, you know, that 
even when they say work-life balance, I, I kind of take it as, you know, taking those breaks, getting up from your desk, mm-hmm. you know, stretching, and, you know, you don't want those muscles to, to atrophy, I think is, is yeah. the term. And, and for a kid, imagine you're away for six, seven, eight hours at school, and you're not using your body as, as best as you can. And, you know, sometimes recess is dangerous and, like, things like that. So that's why they need that actual time with a physical therapist to like work on those things because we see that all the time they want to take it away because it's like oh they're accessing their they they can get around the classroom and it's like that's not like the only purpose of physical therapy or they're getting around the classroom with the walker or with the cane or with crutches or with something right right? and it's like but the the point is they should be able to do that without those like supports right it's the same thing that we would analogize it to like an aid we want the kid to be independent, be able to do the work without the aid. We have to start with the aid so that they can eventually be independent. So, you know, that, that kind of encompasses the generalized um, idea of a related service relating to medical needs. And then I know, as Vicki said, oh, we're going to do a part two that will go into some mm-hmm. specific law changes. As some of you may know, in California, like some other states, there was the legalization of marijuana in California. Mm-hmm. And that cannabis. has led cannabis that has led to a number of products. Mm-hmm. that are being used for medical purposes mm-hmm. that relate to that. And so, of course, in due time, it became an issue of how do we deal with this in the schools. Right. So next week we'll get into that part, um, and you'll get to see how California is changing, how the schools are kind of seeing, how they can interpret the law, and what the courts are saying. Yeah, so, I mean, if there's a particular related service that you think is out there or that you believe um, your child has or, or should have, please let us know on our Facebook group. The URL, if you haven't already joined, is www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash IEP podcast. We're getting a lot of great discussions. Um, It's helped us kind of tailor our topics for the pod in different ways that we wouldn't have normally seen and and that was the whole purpose behind the Facebook group so hopefully you guys are engaging and having a good time with that group um we're coming up on our one year anniversary I think it's like the 7th of November of this podcast so yes I think we're going to be doing a very special episode um, yeah well and I think our producer Nicole told us we're getting up on to close to episode 50 I think so. I don't know if they correlate. It'd be funny if this was episode 50. If this is episode 50, (laughs) yay! Pretend I just used one of those poppers. Okay. You were so unprepared for the 50. Damn. (laughs) Um, Maybe this is 49 and we'll figure this out afterwards. I know. This will be really funny if this has nothing to do with Watch, this will be like 51. Yeah, it'll be like way past it. Um, We should have probably thought about that. But anyway, so I mean for those of you who have... um, you know, wait for our episodes to drop every Tuesday. We um, completely appreciate you. Those of you who've been with us since the beginning. Yeah, that's fun. And if you haven't, just go back and listen to the other ones. We've had some really uh, great ones, and and hopefully in the the coming months um, we will continue to have 
um, podcast episodes that make you think. For for us, it's you know always food for thought and yep. and, and keep sending us those topics. Exactly, and... exactly. Because you know even though we're attorneys and we're not your attorneys, we're hoping that it at least kind of gets you um, to think outside of the box in how you can help your child um, or help you know any children that you know we we have teachers that listen, which is which is great. I always love hearing from teachers when mm-hmm. you guys message us um, because yeah. uh, I've said this before. You know my dad's entire side of his family they're all teachers and they're like you see school districts and I'm like hey man I'm trying to help you you know if you need an additional you know support or service and actually I was in an IEP and and I said it out loud to the teacher she was new she was getting this mod severe classroom and there was like an a new aide every and she's supposed to have four aides in the classroom she's getting like no aides had like stayed and I was like it, whatever you need, like parent, yeah. I'm here because parent knows that you need help. Well, and we're not just helping the teachers and the kids, yeah. but we're helping society because at the end of the day, that's the goal is right. to get as many kids to be self-sufficient, productive members of the community yeah. and be able to be a part of that community. Yeah. And, and I think you listening helps us start the conversation yep. and have you continue it. So we really appreciate it. And um, see you next week. We will talk to you next week.